Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hollywood, a city aptly named Tinseltown because of all the bright lights, shiny buildings, and of course, who can forget, the movie stars. Among these stars was one who was beginning to shine brighter than most, 10-year-old Judith Barcy. Now, whether you know her name or not, she was very likely a part of your childhood, as she had significant roles in The Land Before Time and All Dogs Go to Heaven. But her light would soon be snuffed out by the likes of her own father, simultaneously bringing a bright future to a halt and two innocent lives to an end. Warning, the following podcast contains graphic content and material intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back. My name's Ben. And I'm Nicole, and you're listening to Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. You gonna do it? Oh, yeah. Shit, I wasn't ready. <laughs> when are Way you to ever... fail. There you go. That was actually pretty good. That wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. Usually it's me making that sound, but this time it's Nicole, and I'm drinking the waters. Yeah, I needed an alcoholic beverage of sorts. Why is that? Stressed? To the max, or what? Uh. I've been busy. It's been busy. Fair enough. But luckily you're going on vacation here next week. So that's cool. Well, I think that's what's stressing me out. <laughs> <laughs> that you're going on vacation? Well, because there's always so much to get done before you go on vacation, you know? Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. That's for sure. But I suppose with that being said, so our next Tuesday episode is actually going to be a special Q&A edition. Yep. So we Rather than Nicole going on vacation and we're just like struggling and rushing an episode, mm-hmm. we thought, you know what? We're going to take the week, not have an episode, but, to, you know, instead of not delivering, we thought Q&A option. So yeah. so we already put posts up asking. We got over 60 questions. You guys are, you antsy to know some things. Yeah. And that was only in like, what, 12 hours? Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, I think a lot of them are a little bit similar. So we'll we'll try our best to get through all of them. But yeah gonna learn a thing or two about us i think definitely so we will be here next week it'll just be a little bit of a different episode for you guys so stay tuned for that also also highlight on the also also something dropped this morning same time this episode was released what was that the next stage of the wicked giveaway oh my goodness so we're not sure if you're aware of it or if you've been participating or not but we have talked about doing a wicked giveaway we've talked a lot about it actually have we Quite a bit. Okay. Throughout the last few months, I'd I think say. so. I think yeah. so. Um, well, it's as of right now, it's happening. Um, I mean, weeks down the road, months down the road, if you're listening in retrospect to this episode, it's probably over with then. But as of right now, as of this dropping, mm-hmm. it's happening. Um, so over on our website, if you're curious about joining, you want to take part, maybe win this epic giveaway prize, go to our website, click the three question marks on the buttons. Do that. Follow the instructions, follow the riddles, the clues, the hints, and you could win the first Wicked Box ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we also, are you going to release when, uh, or when are we releasing what's in that Wicked Box? Um, Whenever I get the time to put the material together to show it off. (laughs) Yeah. Because we did a little reel or something of sorts it's going to be. And um, yeah, we'd like to show off what's in there. There's some pretty cool stuff. It's definitely worth playing, playing the game. Oh, 100%. 100%. 100%. Um, a part of it we already talked about. You get the very first number one out of 30. It's marked because we did a batch of 30 artisan handmade mugs that say stay wicked. <laughs> Holy 
heck? We found her toy. These dogs. Um, we'll just leave her. It might squeak here for a minute. Just, yeah. We'll just leave her for a she second. She loves her toys. It's um, so funny. But yeah, you'll get that epic mug. The number one, the first ever one, among other things. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. I think Ripley's going to just nap. So I think we're good. Okay. We got the squeaky toys out of the way. Yeah. So, all right. Um, so yeah, join that giveaway over on the website. We're on to stage four. There's not a whole lot of stages left. So join up, see if you can figure it out, go through it. It's going to be epic. Yeah, very soon. Someone's going to walk away some some sweet things. Some sweet things, indeed. Sweet things. Awesome. Uh, what else do we have to talk about? Uh, oh, the patrons. Oh, my gosh, yeah. It was um, a busy week for our patrons. No kidding. So this past week, we had a slew of patrons join us over on Patreon. So a big shout out to, we got B. I don't know if that's a nickname or not, but I love it regardless. Um, Shiria McRae. Hope I pronounced your name right. Sorry if I didn't. Uh, Sarah Frad. Bree and John Cobb. Shout out to you two. Um, we actually go way back, those two. Just saying. I was there when they met. I yeah. knew you were, were going to have to make a comment on that. I love it. Um, Elena Main, Savannah Purdue, Isabel, and Letitia. So thank you so wow. much, you guys, for joining us over on Patreon. Uh, if you want to show your support over there, you can join us too. Uh, link down below. If not, you want to just listen. Totally cool. Love that too. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Thank you so much, everyone. Well, are you ready to get into today's episode? I don't know. Your intro has me very, very intrigued. Well, that's the point of the introduction. I know, but it's I was just like you. two innocent lives. Yes. I'm stuck on that line. Very much so. You'll figure it out pretty quick, I believe. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Good. You're not going to leave us hanging too long here? No. There's not a lot of mystery in this case. It is very straightforward. You pretty much know what's going to happen. You're going to call it, but it's a tragic, tragic tale that uh, I think needs to be out there. Okay. Well, I was just going to say, not that this, I was going to be like, this is not a very Ben episode then. It's usually, not. Usually you leave us hanging until the very end or you don't even freaking tell us anything. Well, I will say this, that it's a, a very Ben episode in regards to childhood cartoons and stuff. Right. Are very much a big right. part of my life. I have childhood cartoons tattooed on my arms, for example. You don't um, say. One of the cartoons we're discussing in this episode land before time i even have plans for a future land before time tattoo oh so. do you it's been okay i would actually like to watch that again it's been too long we watched it last year before we left our other house oh shit okay well that's apparently i don't remember that clearly i mean i'm totally up for watching it again don't get me wrong i can watch it like well there's numerous ones of that one right oh there's like 10 and it's did ridiculous. we watch them all though no Okay, so there are you. No, the first one's the only one that matters. Oh, gosh. Okay. Of course you'd think that. Yes. It it goes downhill from there. Well, not it's it's very much more kid-oriented. It's, I don't know, new age cartoon. It's it's different. Hmm. It's very different. Okay. Um. Anyways, that aside, let's get into this. So on the outside, Judith Barcy seemed to have it all. She was a 10-year-old girl, uh, but yet she was a rising name in the Hollywood industry. She had an impressive resume with multiple movie and TV roles. She made an appearance on the memorable TV show Cheers, the cult classic film wow. series Jaws, The Revenge. She was in that movie. Um, most notably, um, as we were just talking about, she would lend her voice uh, to star in animated movies uh, and become Ducky from The Land Before Time. Oh, my goodness. And the beloved orphan girl Anne-Marie from All Dogs Go to Heaven. Oh, we just watched that show, actually. We did watch it not too long ago. Yeah. Um. But as we know, things are often not always as they seem. She may be a rising star, but behind closed doors of her home, she lived with a monster. Her father. Oh, geez. So Judith Barzi was born in sunny Los Angeles, California on June 6th of 1978. She was the daughter of Joseph Barzi and Maria Barzi. Now, unlike their daughter, though, they were not born in North America. They were not born in the United States. Okay. The two were born and immigrated to the U.S. They were born in Hungary. Okay. So as they fled uh, from Hungary, they fled from the Hungarians' Republic, which was under the influence of the Soviet Union in the 1950s. Now, they fled following the 1956 countrywide revolution against the Hungarian government in the 1950s. Now, 
as terrible of a situation this is, there's a picture-perfect image I think we may all have in our head at this moment. A husband and wife fleeing from the country together with nothing but each other. Now, they didn't even actually have each other. The two immigrated separately. They escaped their country on their own. Uh, so the two... But did they know each other prior to escaping then? No, they did not. Oh, okay. So they immigrated completely separately, different times. But once they were both in the U.S., they would eventually meet up and meet each other at a restaurant in California where Maria was working as a waitress. Okay, that's kind of cool. It is. Uh, here, the new couple began their new life together, chasing the fabled American dream. Mm -hmm. And we all know what the American dream is, right? I don't think many of us can really like put it into words, but we know what it is. Exactly. Yeah. It's owning your own piece of land. It's having your dream job. It's having your dream car. It's raising the right family. All these stipulations that are different for everybody, but it's that same feeling, that same burning desire, desire for these successes in your life mm -hmm. and success can be measured differently from everybody but we all have that idea what the american dream is and that's what they were yearning for now maria in particular was dazzled by the stars in nearby hollywood and as the years passed judith would be born now maria was determined to help guide her daughter towards stardom and a career in acting she taught Judith everything she could as a, at a very young age. Her teaching would begin at the age of five. And her teaching would include things like proper posture and poise, how to speak and articulate things that, you know, a, a bright young movie star would need in her career. Mm -hmm. so, kind of sounds awful, though, but OK. Kind of sounds awful. Well, I don't know. That just sounds like not like them running around having fun making mud pies. Well, to be fair, this wasn't a scenario where we see in like reality TV shows today with like the mother who's forcing these things on their daughter so they can live vicariously through their daughter. It was like out of love and compassion. She okay, so it was like a hobby they shared together potentially. Yeah, they both enjoyed it. They both loved it. Okay. And it wasn't like a pushy thing, you know? She wanted the best for her daughter, so she guided her in in a loving and caring and motherly way. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't in any sort of negative context as far as I could find anyways. Okay. Yeah. Cause I literally just like went to the pageant. No, that's well, definitely not say what mums, but they're not all like that, but just like the ones you see on TV. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's yeah. not that stereotypical reality TV show thing. It's, it's not that. Okay. No. And even if that's what it's like in the real world, I don't know. That's what we just see on TV. Could be painted that way. Who kn who's? To oh say, my right? gosh, those shows—they do—they do things for a reason, right? To get that's, those viewers. That's true, but I'm just trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. But no, yeah, you're right. Um, anyways, even though uh, those around them would like scoff them off and say like the odds of success are literally one in ten thousand, yeah, they pursued. Um, they pushed forward and they still went for it. Which I do like that. I do too. And I do want to talk about this for a brief second. Why is it always that those who are closest to you knock your dreams? Oh my God. Like you shouldn't do this because it's the odds of success are one in 10,000. So don't waste your fucking it's time. It's not even like, always what? the people that are closest to you though. It can be anyone though too that's, that doesn't even know you as That's well. true. But also I find the most support generally comes from people you don't know very well. Yeah. Usually they don't. Well, yeah, everyone just seems like who knows you potentially is. Um, I don't know, but they question your they know your history, I suppose. Right. So they're yeah. like, oh, they can't do that kind of thing. Or or they remember how you were and you possibly can't change. Right. A person cannot possibly change. People can change, but they very much so can and they yeah. should. So anyways, I hate when people say you can't do this. It's it almost makes me want to do it just to tell them like fuck you i did it you know well just like a super side story because when i said strangers do that too because remember when i had phoned a certain person about tiny home living oh yeah to ask some questions and they yeah. were basically like you watch too much hgtv yeah shout out to that cunt <laughs> yeah and it was just like wow how can you just be like so rude and smash on someone's dream so yeah it's unbelievable let's just like not be like that no kidding um anyways moving on from that uh, now, luckily, though, Judith's luck or perhaps destiny was on her side. Uh, as it often happens in Los Angeles, someone just so happened to be filming a TV commercial at the San Fernando Valley skating rink where Judith just so happened to be ice skating that day. Oh, wow. 
So the film crew was doing their thing. You know, they're setting up, getting shots and all this. And they just so happened to spot the small, cute Judith gliding effortly across the ice. And they quickly jumped in and offered her to be a part of the commercial. Seriously, just like that. Okay, that seems a little bit lucky, hey? Right? It's like picture perfect. It's like that's like what you see in movies Hollywood's like. Totally. And You're that's in exactly the right place at the was. right time. So that's exactly how her her spark of her career ignited. That's how she got going in the in the film industry was from this skating incident into a TV commercial. And was she just there skating for fun? Like it was just a fun thing? I believe Probably. so, yeah. 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 Wow. Okay. Uh, So from there, of course, her career, like I said, it sparked and it grew. She quickly signed her first contract at an acting agency, the Harry Gold and Associates Talent Agency. She starred in a total of over 70 commercials in her career. Casting directors couldn't get enough of this cute little girl. She was adorable, a brilliant actor, took direction very easily. Uh, She was easy to work with. Uh, and they were most of all enchanted by her small size. She was just so like cute and adorable. Petite. Very and, petite. And sorry, you said 60 commercials? Over 70 commercials. Holy heck. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Good for her. So being so petite and small, she was able to fill roles of much younger kids. So Ruth Hansen, who is Judith's agent, explained that this meant the director didn't need to work with children who were easily distracted or were younger or didn't understand what was being asked of them. So at the age of 10, Judith was able to easily pass for being like seven or eight years old. So rather than having to work with a seven-year-old actor, they can work with an experienced 10-year-old actor. Okay, that actually makes sense. So the directors ate this up. Uh, Now, Ruth who was Judith's agent, also described Judith as, I quote, happy, bubbly little girl. Oh, my gosh. She sounds just adorable as heck. I want to look up a picture of her, actually. She's absolutely adorable. And if, like I say, if you watch her acting or if you hear her voice acting, like it's it's a part of my childhood. Like I, mm-hmm. I can hear that voice at any time if I want. And it's just, it's so adorable. Yeah. Like it melts my fucking heart. Uh, I should note, though, that Judith only stood three foot eight inches tall. So being very petite. Now, at the age of 10, that's how tall she was. Comparatively, the average 10 year old girl, according to a quick Google search anyways, is approximately four foot five inches tall. Okay, thank you for that. Because I was like, I have no idea if that's remotely normal or not. So she was almost an entire foot shorter than the average girl her age. Hmm. Now, Judith was definitely small small enough in fact that she was actually receiving hormone injections in her personal life to help her grow and develop properly so just a little side note to show exactly you know how small she was for her age okay like that was like a normal thing they're trying to yeah to okay yeah it was just kind of like she needs some hormones like help get her body developing normally yeah as a normal 10 year old medication of sorts exactly now judith's first big role was in fatal vision It was a 1984 TV miniseries, and this role may very well have been a very haunting foreshadowing of what was to come for Judith. You see, Judith played a daughter in the show who was murdered by her father. Oh, gosh. A fate that would become all too real in Judith's future. Shit. And I actually think I figured something from the intro, but I'm keeping, I'll keep it to myself. Let's hear your theory. Let's hear it. I won't, I won't say a word. I'll just, you say your theory well, and then I'll just continue I don't know. On. You're just talking about the mom so much. So like when I had to re-ask about how many commercials she was in is because my mind was somewhere else about, holy shit, like two innocent victims. Is the mom the other victim? That's my thought now. Well, like I said, I'm not going to respond to that. I'm going to just keep reading. Okay. Well, that's what we'll leave that in my open. head. Well, after this role, she began booking more and more gigs where she would be most notably played part as, like I said, Lamb Before Time, All Dogs Go to Heaven, and Jaws the Revenge. Now, while all this was going on, Judith was making a very good living, especially for the likes of a little girl. Well, I could imagine. She was earning an estimated 100000 US dollars per year, which is equivalent to approximately $230,000 today. Wow. Which is much more than I make, so I'm jealous of that. That's incredible. That's 
absolutely incredible, especially for someone in their single digit age. Well, right? absolutely. Like that could just set you up for your whole life, really. Oh, 100%. So this helped their family buy a nice, modest three bedroom house at 22100 Michael Street in the Canogna, Canaga, there we go, Canaga Park neighborhood at the western edge of the San Fernando Valley in the western hills of Los Angeles. So, wow, that's a mouthful. It is. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> beautiful neighborhood, beautiful home, but like not too like showboaty, just a nice modest home in a nice gorgeous neighborhood, right? Okay. So I do also want to mention this. Uh, things are not always as they appear. I already said that, but I want to just highlight that. Because on the outside, her life just seemed picture perfect. She was making great income. She's, she's providing for her own family. Great career ahead of her. She's this gorgeous little girl and everyone loves her. But not everything's perfect. So I'm, this wasn't the case. I'm getting uncomfortable now. While her career and future were getting brighter and brighter, her home life was getting darker and darker. Behind the closed doors, both Judith and her mother, Maria, suffered at the hands of Judith's father, Joseph. Now, Joseph was struggling himself. He was having trouble finding a job. And when he did find a job, he was having trouble keeping that job. In his frustrations, he turned to alcohol and would become an alcoholic and was very quick to anger. Allegedly, Joseph claimed to have served time in New York for killing a man. However, no such records of this crime or jail time were ever found. But regardless of that, his drinking did get out of hand and did lead to three different arrests for drunk driving. Joseph's drinking was becoming a major problem. He had become increasingly aggressive and would routinely threaten to kill himself, kill his wife, and kill his daughter. Oh, no, no, no. Yes, Yes. No, yes. don't like this. Well, of course you don't like it. This is a true crime podcast. I know, but this is shitty. I just hate this already where it's going. It's not fun. I want. Uh, okay, I'm just going to say something really quick. Go ahead, go ahead. I wonder if like him not having, you may even get to this, but him not having any success and his 10 year old daughter having all this success pissed him off. That is a very large theory. And if I'm going to be honest, I had that information in the back of my head. I wasn't sure where I was going to fit it in here. So since you brought it up, let's talk about it now. Because I could imagine that would not go over well for the no. person you just described. Exactly. So he was having very much so difficulties finding a job, holding a job. However, his daughter was having very much so extreme success, mm -hmm. like one in 10,000 success, but he couldn't even find anything. So now not only is his daughter successful and he's not, but his daughter is supporting him. He's not supporting his daughter. He's not supporting his wife. Everything is being supported off their daughter's income. Mm -hmm. So. Which isn't that like every parent's dream? <laughs> I mean, hell yeah. Um, but I think there's a certain amount of dignity that goes with oh, that. Oh yeah. Especially in that day and age. You know, we're talking like the mid eighties right now. So there's that, you know, working class, that blue collar, the man provides sort of thing. Yeah. So if you are supposed to be the man of the house and you're supposed to be the one providing and you can't, but yet a little girl is doing it for you. Yeah. Like if she was an adult, it probably wouldn't have been quite as. It probably would have been bad that. too. But well, I. Not to the extent of it being a 10 year old though, in my opinion. Oh, no, you're right. But I, yeah. I would assume that it would still affect him. Maybe not as bad, but I would assume it would. But all around, I'm I'm sure he felt emasculated. Mm -hmm. Guaranteed. Yeah, which is not correct in my opinion. No, no, he shouldn't feel that way. But I can understand that the whole societal pressures at that time yeah. could make someone feel that way. Yeah, you know, totally. Um, doesn't mean that you should feel that way, but I could see that that pressure being that way. You know what I mean, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, some people could feel that pressure more than others. Some in that same situation would have been just like, hell yeah. <laughs> I would have been like, hell yeah, you go little girl. Yeah. Like, what can I do? Let's make more money. Like, yeah. Let's just help the situation get even bigger. Yeah. I would be like, I'm going to become an acting agent or something like that. And I'm going to work for you. And like, let's do this. Yeah. Like just awesome. I, yeah. I feel like that's such a dream, but you need someone on your makeup team. I'm your man. <laughs> I'm now a makeup artist. Exactly. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, that's, that's very much a very large theory behind, uh, his motive with this. Uh, so one of Joseph's friends named Peter Kivlin recalled that Joseph told him hundreds of times, and let me repeat that hundreds of times that he wanted to kill his wife. Holy shit. Peter would later say, and I quote, I'd try to calm him down. I'd tell him, if you kill her, what's going to happen to your little one? Now, however, this didn't comfort Joseph or stop his evil words that he was saying. Yeah, because he didn't give a shit about her either. Joseph would simply reply, I quote, I got to kill her too. Jeez. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, that is too many times to not do anything. Yep. Gosh. Oh, okay. And that there's so many things or there's so many patterns throughout true crime and this is one of the biggest ones is people don't speak up well they don't believe that the person actually going to go through with it but i mean like gosh maybe the 50th fucking time that they said that maybe start believing yeah, that not hundreds or even the freaking 10th time even the fifth time for god's sakes yeah so i mean we really need to be aware of other people and what they're discussing sure maybe they are joking but Maybe there's some... Maybe they're not. Maybe they're not. Maybe there is a sliver of truth rooted in it. Maybe they're going through some sort of mental health thing that you don't know about. And this is speaking from that. Mm -hmm. We got to try and listen to people and take those words to heart because clearly these are words being spoken truthfully quite more often than we realize. At times. Yeah, for sure. So Joseph's threats varied, but they were always malicious. They included killing Judith and letting Maria live to, so she could live with the loss of her daughter. Wow. Killing them both by cutting their throats. Wow. Okay. And burning down the house. Holy shit. Right on. Yeah. That's great. Very fatherly type words of encouragement. Yeah. That is the last thing that should be coming out of a father's mouth. Anyone's for that matter. Anyone's. But yeah, yeah, like this is his wife and daughter. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. It's disgusting. I have to take my jacket off. I'm getting hot now. (laughs) Getting all pissed off at Joseph. It's too much. Ready for a row? Rolling up your sleeves? Gonna bust some fucking knuckles on someone's Well, yeah, I hope he gets what's coming to him already. I feel this way. Well, Joseph also apparently had a bit of a passive aggressive side to him as well. Allegedly, he hid a letter from Maria, a letter that she had received from family back in Ukraine. Hmm. Now, the letter was informing her that a relative of hers had passed away, and he hid this letter from her to prevent her from leaving the country and not coming back to him. Oh, wow. So he has some... Oh, what self-esteem issues as Oh, he's well. got some serious issues all around. Yeah. And like you said, self-esteem, which would probably boil right back down to his daughter providing for him and him not being able to have a job. Yeah. But I mean, gosh, she has like, why does he just assume she's going to leave him? Like she has a relative that she sh- missed the opportunity to go and say goodbye to or put to rest or whatever. Why the fuck wouldn't she leave him? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she should, but it's just like that's taking quite an opportunity away from a person, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Well, he's clearly a very malicious, controlling monster. I'm surprised. I, honestly, they monster. They didn't just leave him. Yeah. But. We'll, we'll get into that. Okay. Now, this actually wasn't the first instant Joseph actually had with these issues, though. Before he moved to the U.S. from Hungary, he had moved to France, where he had another marriage. Now, together in that marriage, he had two kids with this woman, and Joseph began a very similar abuse of alcohol and spiraling out of control. Eventually, though, this woman did leave Joseph with her two kids, and they moved to the United States to Arizona. Now, this actually led Joseph to move to the United States as well. 
He actually chased down this woman, followed her. And reluctantly, she gave him a second chance in their relationship. Holy shit. Wasn't expecting that. Yeah. But in all honesty, it was probably more of a second chance for their children than it was more a second chance for him. You know, that's fair. An opportunity for them to have a father. Yeah. That's, that's my assumption. I don't know. I can't speak firsthand on that, but that's what I would assume it is more so. Either way though, it didn't last long. He quite literally took the second chance and threw it in her face. And he did so by, in a drunken fit of rage, throwing a cast iron pan in her face. Holy. A cast iron pan. Those bitches are heavy. (laughs) Those bitches are heavy. They're really heavy. Yes, they are. I just lifted one the other day. I was like, holy shit, why do we even have this? Because it's amazing. It's a murder weapon and a half. Well, yeah, they definitely are. Um, After that, though, it was no more chances. Divorce was immediately filed and the two went their own ways. Good. Okay. She dodged a serious bullet. Yes, she did. Uh, So in December of 1986, so we're back to the relationship with Maria and Joseph here now again. So Maria was feeling the same as Joseph's previous, previous wife. She was trapped and she was afraid. She finally decided she needs some help and she turned to the police. She reported in the threats of him wanting to kill her and their daughter, the physical and mental abuse and violence. She reported it all to the authorities. Now, quickly, an investigation was issued. However, police found no signs of any sort of physical abuse, and they didn't have much of a case if they don't have evidence. So as it comes down to it, just like many other cases of abuse, it's simply her word against his word. Oh, jeez. So Maria decided she wasn't going to press any charges and the case was dropped. Wow. Okay, that's devastating. That's absolutely devastating. Seriously unfortunate because she's not the only one. People go through that on a day-to-day basis. Like how it's his word against mine. It's her word against mine. It's their word. Like who's to say, right? Yeah. And it's so unfortunate. Hmm. So after the incident with the police, though, Joseph reportedly did stop drinking. It seems he may have been trying to clean himself up. Maybe he'd been trying to do better. Who knows? However, though, his true colors showed. Even though he wasn't under the influence anymore, he still continued to threaten Maria and Judith. Now, without the crutch of alcohol to blame for his actions, Joseph was now simply a monster all on his own. So really, even with him not being drunk or whatever he's still just a complete asshole yeah. eh? without the influence he was still a violent monster towards his family awesome yep it may maybe it's just now that's just who he'd become it was just this is what he does and he's just kind of stuck in this rut and he just i don't know but it's what he's used to not an excuse but maybe that's yeah. kind of where his mind led well it almost seems like he might have needed help Oh, I definitely, he needed a lot of help. That's for sure. So Judith was, of course, terrified of her Uh. father and rightfully so. She would openly tell her friends about the things she endured at home. One event, for example, she would tell a friend that her father threw pots and pans at her when he was upset, which resulted in her getting a bloody nose. Judith also told friends that she was afraid to go home saying, quote, My daddy is drunk every day, and I know he wants to kill my mother. Oh, my gosh. That's coming from a little girl. (sighs) Okay. Yeah. That's so sad. And the worst part is they do go home. They go home every night. Well, they have to. Where else are they going to go? Right. Oh. But that home, she could afford it on her own. Well, that home, she did afford on her own. That was her home. Yeah. Fuck. Now, another time, Judith was getting ready to leave the U.S. and fly to the Bahamas to film the Jaws, the revenge movie. Now, when this was happening, Joseph actually threatened her with a knife that he held up to her neck, saying, quote, if you decide not to come back, I will cut your throat. Wow. Holy shit. That's what he said to his... 10-year-old. She's probably a little bit younger at that time, but yeah. Who's literally going away to like make money for him to even live. Yeah, exist. And he says But regardless if she's making money or not, like what the fuck? No kidding. 
Why even have kids? Like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Now, once the filming of Jaws was finished, Judith and Maria stopped by Maria's brother's house, uh, Joseph Weldon. So just so you know, Joseph and Joseph. So yeah, that's confusing. Uh, I just, that's his name. I'm going to, from here on out, refer to it as Maria's brother. <laughs> she probably just loved being away on skits or what is not skits, what it's called? Like filming. I can't think of the right word, but she, like the little girl loved on being- On set? Yes. Away okay. on set. <laughs> wow. But that was right, a lot. She probably just loved that. Yeah. I can, I'm pretty sure I can hear people listening like months from now. It's on set. I know. People <laughs> yell at us sometimes. Well, they say it's in. I'm I'm sure it's in kindness. In kindness, probably. In kindness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, anyways, they stopped by Maria Maria's brother's house uh, in New York. They stayed there for a total of two months hiding out from Joseph. Oh my goodness. And this was after the filming of the movie, right? So okay. presumably he they're saying, you know, they're still on set. Right. But Joseph figured it out and he tracked them down and he knew where they were. He called them and he was talking on the phone to his daughter. And Maria's brother recalled hearing the voice on the other end of the phone saying, quote, remember what I said before you left. Wow. And that moment, Judith dropped the phone and ran into the bedroom crying. The following morning, Judith and Maria returned home. Did they have to, though? Weren't they at a safe place that they could have just stayed? Oh, that it's so difficult. I realize. Yes, it's we're going to so get difficult. into a little bit more reasons of, of why here shortly. So her home life and living with a literal monster because that's what he is mm -hmm. was beginning to take a toll on her. Judith reportedly began gaining weight and she also developed compulsive behaviors. One such behavior was a mental disorder called trichotillomania. I nailed that. Holy yeah, shit. That was wow. Really okay. Good. I was like, I'm going to fuck this up and I nailed it. Okay. <laughs> Woo. Sorry. Self high five. Uh, also known as hair pulling disorder or compulsive hair pulling. Oh, Judith was so anxious that she ended up plucking out all of her eyelashes oh. and also pulled out all of her cat's whiskers. Wow. Okay. That's like really, really upsetting. It is. Wow. Shortly before an audition on May of 1988, Judith became hysterical and she couldn't perform. Now, seeing this little girl in such a state seriously alarmed her agent, Ruth Hansen, who reported, quote, she was crying hysterically. She couldn't talk. After this, Maria brought Judith to a child psychiatrist. There, they identified severe physical and emotional abuse and quickly reported the findings to the Los Angeles County Department of Children for Family Services. The investigation was quickly issued but it was also quickly dropped. So Maria assured the caseworkers that she intended to begin divorce proceedings against Joseph as soon as she could. She told her that she had already rented an apartment in Panorama City, which was closer to the movie studios where the two girls could escape while filming auditions, um, where, or sorry, while filming and doing auditions. And this was very much so true. Maria and Judith were already doing this. They had an apartment that was being rented. They were spending time there as much as they could, in fact, without raising suspicion away right. from Joseph. Right. So with all this reassurance from Maria saying she's going to file the divorce, she's already taking steps to leave him, she already has this apartment, the investigation into the child and family welfare was dropped because Maria assured them it was taken care of. My gosh, this is just hurting my heart so much. I mean, she felt like she probably needed to do that as being the mom, right? But she mm -hmm. should have just literally asked for help. Yeah. And learning all this, like learning that this case was dropped and that Maria was saying these things are going to happen. And in the past, I mean, they haven't happened yet, so they need to happen. So learning all these things, Maria's friends urged her to follow through with the plan, saying like, get the divorce, leave Joseph, mm -hmm. forget the house, just take yourself Take Judith, get to safety. And Maria did want to do these things, but she hesitated. She didn't want to lose the home. She didn't want to lose the belongings. All the things that her daughter had worked so hard for. Mm 
would be in the hands of this monster and it wouldn't be her daughter's anymore when she earned those things. And of course, not to mention the fear of how Joseph would react to this. A quote I have from a neighbor um, says Maria told her this, I can't because he'll come after us and kill us and he's threatened to burn the house down. So eventually the, the exact thing Maria was afraid would happen happened. At around 8.30 a.m. on July 27th of 1988, one of the neighbors heard an explosion next door. And a quote from them is, my first thought as I ran to call 911 was, he's done it. He's killed them and set fire to the house, just like he said he would. The scene the first responders found was the family home Judith had worked so hard for and provided for their family was up in a blaze of flames, but none of the family members could be seen safely outside the home. Police eventually found Judith in her bed. Maria was laying lifeless in the hallway. Both of them had been shot once. Wow. And doused in gasoline. Holy shit which Joseph had ignited shortly before dying by suicide in the garage. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. That just, yeah, that gets, okay. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. That is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And it honestly made me even more mad that he was in the garage for some reason. Dead as well. I don't know why, but it did. Well, it gets a little bit worse here. Awesome. Through forensics, authorities believe the night Judith and Maria lost their lives was actually two days prior to the fire. Wow. They believe on the night of July 25th, Joseph most likely in a drunken state finally snapped. In the shadows of the evening, while Judith quietly slept under the canopy of her comfy bed, Joseph quietly snuck into her bedroom, pointed a gun to his daughter's head and pulled the trigger shooting her once and killing his 10-year-old little girl instantly. What a complete piece of shit monster. Hearing the gunshot, Maria panicked yep. and ran towards her daughter's room, yep. praying the noise wasn't what she thought it was. Unfortunately, it was. And when she came running down the hallway, she found Joseph standing in Judith's bedroom doorway. He raised the gun towards her and shot her as well. The next morning, Judith's agent called the house in a panic as Judith was missing from an important audition and meeting with Hannah Barber Productions, Incorporated. Joseph picked up and he told the agent the two had simply taken a car to San Diego. And that was the end of the phone call. He hung up and then for the next two days did who knows what, but he left his daughter and his wife lying where he shot them. Just like rotting away. Yeah. Wow. This guy is a piece of work. Yeah. It is almost unbelievable. It's like you don't even know what to say. It's disgusting. It's so, I just can't even grasp what's happened here. Well, finally, after two days, Joseph would take cans of gasoline and pour it throughout the house and on top of the bodies of Judith and Maria. God. Then he lit the house ablaze. I do want to point this out with the fumes and gasoline contained inside the house. When Joseph lit the fire, there would no doubtably in my mind be an explosion. Uh, and that explosion would have been what the neighbor heard. Some people say it could have been the gunshot. My assumption is it's the fumes. Cause that's actually what ignites nine times out of 10. Like that's, that's what ignites with gasoline. It's actually the fumes that light. Okay. And with the fumes billowing in a contained area, you will get pressure buildup with a fireball and a boom. That's how it works. Right, right. So that's probably what the explosion was. It and is I interesting, I guess, that they didn't hear the gunshots, hey? But we've mm -hmm. covered a lot of cases for and like exactly. they, they can literally go undetected. Yeah. And I believe that in this explosion, in this exact moment, I think that's what... Uh, sealed Joseph's fate and set it in stone. So I don't know if he planned on escaping. Uh, in fact, I, I doubt he did plan on escaping, but if he did, 
the explosion, um, though I'm sure wasn't very extremely severe, I'm sure it probably would have caused him some sort of injury. Burns, whatever, blew him back, broke some bones. I don't know. He had to ignite it somehow. Most likely he's doing it in a drunken stupor. He's probably just throwing a match on gas. So he's right there, probably blew up in his face. Thinking that he's not going to get hurt. Yes. Whether he intended to escape or not, I don't know. I doubt it. But at least I think he did get injured from this explosion. Whatever the case, though, after the explosion, it was then that Joseph went to the garage, took out a 32 caliber pistol and turned it to himself and pulled the trigger. And from there, the house burned down around him with his wife and daughter in the adjacent rooms. So Mm -hmm. Judith, unfortunately, she passed away before the release of her two breakout iconic roles. One, Ducky in The Land Before Time, and two, Anne-Marie in All Dogs Go to Heaven. She was literally passed away before those even went out. She had passed away before they She didn't even get to see the success of them. She did not even get to see the movies. Wow. That's even worse. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, in a cruel twist of fate, in All Dogs Go to Heaven, Judith oh. performed her final lines ever, where her dog Charlie passed away, and the lines go a little bit something like this. Charlie, will I ever see you again? Sure. Sure you will, kid. You know, goodbyes aren't forever. Then, goodbye, Charlie. I love you. Yeah. I love you too. Now, since the movie was released after the passing of Judith, in a uh, chronological order, Anne-Marie technically passed away before Charlie ever could in the movies. Charlie was voiced by none other than the legendary Burt Reynolds, who passed away in September of 2018. The two actors had a great relationship behind the scenes um, with Burt supporting and praising Judith and being a great mentor for her all the way through. Now, to fans of the show, when he passed away, they are sure, just as Charlie would be waiting for Anne-Marie in heaven, they're sure Judith was there waiting to greet him. What? Don, <laughs> oh, you just do more and more damage here, eh? I'm like drawing all the mushet together. <laughs> you good? I don't know. Gosh, there's probably not a dry eye listening to this. Oh, brutal. So Don Bluth, the director of both The Land Before Time and All Dogs Go to Heaven, praised Judith for being, quote, absolutely astonishing. And he stated he intended to feature her exclusively in his future productions. The closing credit songs, Love Survives in All Dogs Go to Heaven, was dedicated in Judith's memory. Finally, Judith and her mother were buried together at Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Hollywood Hills in adjoining plots. Judith's gravestone reads, In memory of the lovely Judith Eva Barzi. 1978 to 1988, our concrete angel. And at the very bottom, with her iconic line from Land Before Time is Ducky, it says, yep, yep, yep. And that is the case of Judith Barzi. And with that, I want to uh, make her our badass of the day. Yeah. Wow. They were both in just such a terrible situation. Like, yeah, it was just a lose-lose, really, regardless of what they did. It it probably would have ended this way. Most likely. Yeah. Which is so unfortunate. And I I know this is the case of Judith Barzi, but I also do want to highlight her mother as well. Oh, absolutely. I can't imagine the hell she went through as well, trying to protect her daughter and herself and Mm -hmm. trying to do the right thing, but inevitably still succumbing to this monster. Well, yeah, she would have known what happened before she got shot and killed. Yep. Which is 
pretty devastating that that was her last um, known thought on earth, really. Mm-hmm. So. 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 I don't know if, uh, if everyone knew of this case and knew who Judith was, but um, yeah, I don't know if you'll be able to watch Land Before Time. Oh, all my dogs God. Heaven the same. No one will. That is such a loss. It is. And those two movies honestly hold a very, very special place in my heart. And so does Judith, if I'm being honest. She did amazing in those films and amazing with all her acting. Uh, The world lost a lot when she passed away. I can say that. Well, yeah, because it's honestly just like incredible to think what, how far she would have gone, you know? Oh, her future was so bright. She was just getting started. Yeah. So. All right. You good? Yeah, you did it again, Ben. I, but I did what again? I don't know. Just fucked everyone up. <laughs> <laughs> fucked everyone up. Like, I know you You warned me so that I was like, you might cry in this. And I was like, no, no, I'm not going to. There's no way. Like, no. But yeah, I, I lost that uh, bet. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Well, I hope you guys joined or enjoyed this episode. Um, if you haven't seen those movies, I do recommend you go see them. They are absolutely incredible films. Yes, they're cartoons. Yes, they're animated films, but they're, there's a lot behind them. Uh, highly, highly recommended. They're absolutely incredible. Uh, we appreciate you guys being here. If you guys want to go give us some support over on things like Facebook, Instagram, our website, Patreon, we so appreciate it. It's all down below. But if you just want to sit here and listen to the next episode with us or be here in this one, We appreciate that too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Do remember next episode, it's going to be a Q and a one. We're not here next week because Nicole's going on vacation. Yeah. Put all the blame on me. Yep. So (laughs) we are putting out that Q and a episode next Tuesday for you though, in place of. It's going to be fun though. It's it's an awesome way just to dive in deeper and get to know us a bit better. Yeah. Nice relax too. kind of chill. Like I said, rather than us just kind of, Hey, we're on vacation. Well, we'll come back in a week or two. Mm -hmm. We're still doing something for you Doing guys something yeah. yeah and engaging we're actually going to be having some fun with it so yeah and honestly as as emotional and terrible as that was well done you did really good so thank you yeah appreciate it so until next time stay wicked even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.